Good morning. Preaching in Jesus' name this morning. Appreciate that last song. The words were just sticking out to me in a different way. And it was the third verse that really uh, stood out. It was their second stanza when by faith each poor sinner becomes God's own heir together as an e- as equals salvation we share. Then it's as we seek and turn to the face of God that we have that salvation. Certainly it's a privilege to gather together and to worship the Lord on this special day. title of my message this morning is The Prisoner Exchange. I find it fascinating when countries, you hear of countries that do an exchange for prisoners Just real recently, there was a family of the Trevor Reed. They could breathe a sigh of relief. He was a former U.S. Marine. He was transferred to the U.S. custody after being detained in Russia in 2019. In exchange for Reed's return, the U.S. sent back a Russian citizen, and I'm not going to begin to try to pronounce his name, But he was convicted on drug smuggling in 2011. Reed had been sentenced to nine years in prison in 2020. And after an altercation with a Russian police officer, the American officials cited that his deterioration in his health prompted this reason for a swap. So there was a prisoner exchange. From a military standpoint, it's simple. It's a return of personnel from two sides that are engaged in a conflict. Normally we think of a prisoner exchange, we think of of it being a rank for rank, a colonel for a colonel, two colonels for two colonels. As we look into this account here this morning, what we saw Jesus, what he had to go through before his crucifixion, it had to be tough. I invite you to turn to John chapter 18. Begin reading at verse 28. John 18, verse 28. I'll read to the end of the chapter. Then led they Jesus from Cephas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled but that they might eat the Passover. 
Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, he would not have delivered him up, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate, entering into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of thee of me? Pilate answered, I am, I, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one of the Passover. Will he therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. The king of kings swapped places with a convicted criminal. The great exchange, vivid illustration for us that the truth about Jesus sets sinners free. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. He had done no crime. On this basis, as a secular leader and ruler, he could have left him go. Even Herod did not find anything wrong. Sent him back to Pilate. I find it interesting, in one of the other accounts, Herod and Pilate became friends over this whole thing. Herod was an enemy of Pilate, but through this, Herod became a friend to Pilate. But it was on the basis that if Jesus was released, that it could stir an unrest. There could be a riot. And it's possible that Pilate could have lost his position as a leader there, as governor. And it was a custom over that time for the Romans as a tradition to release someone over the Passover. 
Was it possible that Pilate let this get to his head a little bit? Maybe he thought, maybe I can outsmart these Jewish people a little bit. Maybe if I pick a man that is a criminal, one that has done a terrible crime, we have Jesus that has done no crime at all, he's, he's innocent, but we have someone that has, has done something terrible. Certainly the people are going to pick the one that didn't do as bad. But the people's response was the opposite. It says they cried again, not this man, but Barabbas. Instead of choosing Jesus, they chose to release Barabbas. And this fascinating scenario filled with dramatic irony, but yet is rich with theological significance. And I'd like to look at some of this significance as we think of a prisoner exchange. Was Barabbas, obviously Barabbas was a son of someone, but we don't know, a son of the unknown. We don't know who his father was. But we know Jesus was the son of divine heavenly father. But we know a little bit about Barabbas in the four gospels. Talks about him in interesting little tidbits. John describes him as a robber. Mark and Luke describe him as an insurrectionist and a murderer. And Matthew tells us that he was a notorious prisoner. So from those four Gospels, we can deduct that he was a very bad man, a criminal. I should also mention that Barabbas, his name meaning son of the father. Um, it's possible that he could have been a son of a rabbi. It's speculated. But the name son of the father, is there any significance to that name as we think of Jesus being the son of God and God allowing Jesus to take that place of Barabbas I believe in our language today, Barabbas would have been something that would have been on the Homeland Security Alert uh, list. He would have had a red flag. But Jesus had never done anything publicly to endanger safety. But Barabbas, it was different. He had. He was carrying a criminal background. I find it ironic that the crime that Barabbas was involved in, which the Jewish leaders at that time were accusing Jesus of, and they were falsely accusing him of 
of a revolt, of a riot, going against government. Well, what did Barabbas do? He had done something similar to that, but even done more. He was a murderer. This had got him into trouble. And the Jewish people were betraying themselves by taking this stand, saying, let Barabbas go. We're willing to compromise our personal safety in our country, but to crucify Jesus. By choosing Barabbas, they revealed that they were not concerned about the supposed crime at all, but they were just more concerned about executing Jesus. It didn't matter what the cost was. Yet we needed it to be this way. It had to be this way. We needed an innocent man to take that place. Peter wrote about it. In 1 Peter 3.18 Christ also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, the Father. This was the purpose of this exchange. He was that perfect sacrifice to pay for that sin. For the past, the present, and the future. Those verses that Dwight read this morning went very well with that. Depicting how He became that one sacrifice. No longer do we need to remember our sins, but our sins are blotted out. Like the Jewish people in that crowd that day, do you and I make faulty choices. You know, we resemble a father and a mother. You obviously all have had parents. But I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. The parents that brought sin into the world. The natural part of our human being is sinful. We by nature take on this sin nature. As I reflect on this prisoner exchange, Jesus is willing to make that exchange. And that means that we need to allow Him to come in that new birth, and we become part of a new kingdom. We go from being a slave to that kingdom of self, of darkness, and we become a servant of the kingdom of light.
in the hours prior to his betrayal, arrest, and crucifixion, Jesus reminds his followers, that's you and me, that we did not choose him, but he chose you. You can find that in John 15, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. What That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Do we find ourselves like the crowd that day? Do we make wrong choices? Do we choose sin over the Savior? Satan instead of God? The world instead of the Word of God? Error rather than truth? Despite our sinful fallen tendencies, we make, we do make wrong choices sometimes. But it's by the grace of God, God's love, for us that we can have a plan, a way to be redeemed from that. And it's through that saving grace. Having considered this corrupt and political strategizing of Pilate, the wrong and plan of the Jewish crowd and the humble, faithful, loving disposition of Jesus in this executing moment. What do you think was going through the mind of Barabbas at this faith at this faithful trial unfolded? I don't want to take the focus away from Jesus, but I just want to take a little bit of time just to look at Barabbas. Barabbas probably was locked up in a very high security cell. And I like to think that it's possible that he could probably have heard some of this chatter that was going on. I don't know that he could have heard what Pilate was saying, but it's possible he could have heard what the crowd was saying. In Matthew 27... Uh, Matthew gives us the layout of, of how this went. Matthew 27, verse 21. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could, that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a turmoil was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. 
Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. As we look at that, is it possible, in my mind, I'm thinking, if Barabbas, if you take out the words that Pilate said, and all he heard were the words that the people were screaming because of the turmoil, this is what it would have sounded like. Barabbas, crucify him, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and on our children. That's what he would have heard. Can you imagine the chills and the fears that Barabbas was probably about to realize that his fate was here? His sentence was here. The end. As the guards would approach that that cell and release him, only to find out that, no, I'm free. There's someone else taking my spot. And that person is Jesus. Literally, Jesus is... Barabbas is the only person that Jesus took that spot physically that day. Now for us spiritually, we all have that type that Jesus took our spot. But there was three crosses. Two other prisoners that were part of that crucifixion. Was that middle cross there for Barabbas? Was that the plan? Was that what Pilate was planning? Were these two other prisoners related to this Barabbas? Were they part of this crime that had happened? Here is Barabbas, the worst prisoner, being released. The other two prisoners still had to go with it. And an innocent man being crucified between them. And we know the story. How the one or how they were communicating there back and forth, and the, the one uh, um, told Jesus, you know, remember me when you go get into your kingdom. And Jesus told him, today you'll be with me in paradise. One criminal made it to heaven. And my question is, what happened to Barabbas? He was granted freedom. There's a lot of speculation. He could have went back to the world, kept going, doing what he always did. Or did he have a change? As we think of those guards coming and releasing Barabbas, of, he was guilty. He was supposed to die. He knew that. Just like us, our sin, we are to die. But Jesus paid that price. He took that place. My guilt, and it's covered with His blood, and it's forgiven. I remember, I don't know if Yolanda or Danella can help me, 
with this, but I remember our school teacher back in the day, Frida. I think it was Frida. I don't think it was you, Alice. During story time, read a book on the character of Barabbas. Do you remember that? I cannot remember the title of it. But if you can help me out, I would love to find that book. It's somewhat of a fictitious book, but it's written from the character of Barabbas. That's... This prisoner exchange is what made me think of that. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, We pray you, in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God made him who had no sin. Jesus was perfect. That we might become the righteousness of God. Turn back a little bit further to First Peter, chapter two, verse twenty-four and twenty-five. First Peter, chapter two. Who his own self bear our sins. In his own body, on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. For ye were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Jesus bore our sins to the cross, that we might die to sin and have righteousness. Closing. There's a story of the prince and the pauper. Probably all know that story. Mark Twain wrote about it, about two identical boys. They were born on the same day, but they represented two very different lifestyles of life. One prince is named Edward, and he's born to the royal palace of England. The other is a poor boy, and his name is Tom, and he's born in the London slums. Tom dreamed 
of living in the palace. One day, as he watched the royal procession go through the city, he met the prince who invited him to come into the palace for a visit. It was during that visit that they exchanged clothing for fun. And that is when the people of the palace mistook mistook one for the other and they returned the prince, Edward, to the streets. And they kept Tom instead in the, in the, in the palace. This exchange of identity went on for years. Tom experienced the palace life while the prince, Edward, learned how to appreciate firsthand the hardship of common, ordinary people outside of his castle. When the king died, people almost crowned Tom as the new king. But it was at the last moment that Edward proved that he was that rightful heir to the throne. People realized their heir, they crowned him as the new king. In kindness, Edward adopted Tom into the family and gave him a royal title. But it was in his experience in the London slums that inspired him to governor, to govern in a different and kind way and showed kindness to the people everywhere. You know, that story is somewhat of a made-up story, but I think it illustrates a good point. The real moments, the life, the ministry of Jesus, and how he gave up his heavenly kingdom and became a man to associate with you and me as the poor boy Tom in the slums of London. Do you appreciate the freedom from the consequences of your sin? You did not choose him, but he chose you. He stepped forward to receive that consequence that we deserve. We deserve to die. Does this cause you to be humble before a loving and holy God? Do you esteem the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of this world? 